Welcome to the Rural Births Podcast. This podcast was created to record and share stories from the many rural women who have birthed, to allow them to voice their experience and learn from them. I want rural women who are pregnant, planning to get pregnant, or entering their postpartum period to feel supported and know that, although care may be via distance, there are options. Thank you for listening. Lisa James and I'm from Braidwood, New South Wales. This is the first in what I hope will be a series of podcasts about women in rural communities giving birth. I gave birth in 2019 to my son Shanley and what I realised having come from a city environment and now moving into my eighth year of living rurally is that your care options change a lot when access can be an issue. So I went to Queanbeyan Hospital, which is about an hour from Braidwood, and I was really fortunate that our local doctor's surgery had a doctor who was able to combine with my OB in Queanbeyan, and I had this kind of complex but great um, triple-stemmed shared care organisation with the midwives at Queanbeyan Hospital, my doctor from Queanbeyan, and then the doctor in Braidwood. So I wasn't having to constantly travel into Queanbeyan to seek care. I did feel a sense of loss that our local hospital wasn't able to offer that care, but in the end, an hour wasn't too bad and living rurally, I've grown to accept that I'm kind of an hour from anything and as rural communities go, I'm, I'm not that far from an urban centre being that we're about an hour and 20 minutes from Canberra. My birth experience and my maternity care experience left me wanting to hear other people's stories. And I'd also like to share my own story because I want that when other women who live rurally are looking for deciding, looking to decide what they're going to do when it comes to their births, that they have a wealth of resources to look at. Starting with myself is kind of an experiment (laughs) to see how I go at sharing my story. But I hope that as I share this story, it reaches out there and then I can hear from other women as well. So when I fell pregnant, I was 29 years old. I was really fortunate. We tried and just kind of gave it a red hot go and were really fortunate to fall pregnant the first time. I had already been communicating with my doctor, the GP, locally. And so I started taking prenatal vitamins early on. 
before I'd fallen pregnant and then that just continued and that doctor who I'd been visiting, I was able to continue care with her. I was pretty slow to take up hospital care and to sign up for a hospital. I, well, I don't know if I was terribly slow, but it was probably about week 16, maybe even up to 20-ish, but I don't think it was quite that long before I'd booked in with Queanbeyan Hospital and decided who my OB would be. <laughs> I was very, I don't know, I looked at reviews to see which OB I should choose, looking at what people had commented online. I don't know if that was the right choice in the end. Um, but, but it worked out. I had a better relationship with the woman in Braidwood than I did my OB in Queanbeyan. I think there was just something about me that she understood and something about my life as she worked with rural patients frequently and that helped a lot. So being my first pregnancy, I had done a lot of reading. I really enjoyed Kaz Cook's Up the Duff. And I also bought Ina Mae Gaskin's book and read probably half of it. I didn't actually get all the way through. I ended up reading, I think, Kaz Cook's book three times over because I'd read it before I fell pregnant and then read it um, whilst I was pregnant, sped through it again and then tried to stick to it week by week. I, I really liked how it went through week by week. What I was kind of missing was locally having a community where I could go and talk to them and have that opportunity to connect with women who were in the same situation so I think I looked to books for that. And I really liked the app Ovia, which is an American app, but it suited my needs. It had videos with um, this one woman who each week she shared where she was at in her pregnancy. And I know the videos were old and they were a bit Americanized, but having that made me feel a bit more connected. I did miss not having a local group with prenatal classes and that kind of extended into after my birth as well when we didn't have a local mother's group I really felt that sense of loss and I know that impacted other women too some women were phenomenal there was this one woman who gave her contact details to the local doctor and I think that's such a good idea that if you're feeling at a loss for how to connect to other women in your rural community, go to your GP and say, if any women come in and they've got a newborn, ask them, would they like to connect? And here's my number and you can pass that along to them. It was beautiful. And I had actually already made contact with her and she was a brilliant person. She was really helpful. The other thing, post um, natal <laughs> that I found was, our local playgroup, although playgroup is kind of not really for newborns um, and extends all the way through to preschoolers, our local playgroup was a real mix and mash of different people because we're from a small town. So accessing that local playgroup gave me this group of people who I could connect with. And I probably took my son a bit earlier than 
you'd be advised to because I took him before he'd had his vaccinations, but I took him from about four weeks old and Playgroup had been an amazing resource for me and he's about to turn one now. And if we were able to at the moment, I would still be going to Playgroup. But back to prenatal care, I wish I had a community of women. It wasn't until after my birth that I started to kind of expand into Instagram and the online community of women. So if you're expecting a baby, yes, apps like Ovia are fantastic, but I would also, sorry, and also the Mums Grapevine Facebook groups are also phenomenal. But there's a whole collective of women on Instagram who are doulas and they can offer care online. And I believe that next time being a rural woman and feeling that bit of disconnect and that loss of um, being with other women, I would definitely connect with that group of doulas. Um, Jane Hardwick Collins, she's on Instagram and other platforms as well and she has moved into her menopausal stage of life but offers this um, fantastic look at how we can come together and journey through pregnancy together and I had before isolation came into place I had booked in although I'm not pregnant at the moment to do her dimensions of pregnancy um, course and I was going to travel from Braidwood to Bulleye to do that and although it's been postponed at the moment I really look forward to having that learning and that experience as I move towards thinking about having a second child and exploring wanting to have better prenatal care and connection to other people. So I had my doctor in Braidwood and I had my doctor in Queanbeyan and there was then from about 20 weeks a connection to the midwives at Queanbeyan Hospital who I really want to say are fantastic. I did see a different midwife almost every time. Funnily enough, the midwife I saw just as I signed up to the hospital and did my hospital tour, Vanessa, she um, ended up being the midwife who was there on the day I gave birth and I <laughs> gave birth so quickly that I ended up um, not crossing over into another midwife's shift and I got to start my birth with Vanessa and finish my birth with Vanessa, which was um, fascinating because <laughs> I had... Um, had her as the first midwife I met from Queanbeyan Hospital and it had that sense of beauty to me. I think that the midwives at Queanbeyan Hospital are really great because they do have that kind of midwife-led care there and they're a breastfeeding accredited hospital so they were all on the same page. I didn't feel like although that I was changing midwives often that I was getting different care and before, um, when they were running their classes, each of those classes was really well laid out and really well set up and really informative. I didn't want to, because um, again, I had this yearning for more, feeling that as a rural woman, there wasn't necessarily enough to grab onto. 
just by going with the run of the mill. Like I just go to the hospital classes and I just go to my doctor and I just go to the midwife appointments. I also signed up to do the calm birth course and I traveled up to the Southern Highlands and did um, a calm birth weekend course. It was lovely to have the weekend away. And I had a really strong belief that, birth could be a calm process i'm not saying i stayed calm the entire time but through doing the calm birth course through practicing breathing practices through learning about each stage of birth through having a deep knowledge of my body or as deep as i could at that point being a woman who hadn't birthed before that really helped me. And I would definitely use calm birth again, though I want to broaden that even further. And I want to do different courses and I want to read books on other like hypnobirthing. And I want to do Jane's course and I want to connect with the doula community. Even if I don't have a doula, that's fine. But if I chose to um, maybe do some one-on-ones, one-off sessions I think that would be really helpful as well though um, there have been a lot of group calls going on people really taking up right now in 2020 the online platform to digitally connect with one another so calm birth you do the weekend and then you leave with strategies and really that was great like I could commit to going here's a weekend I'm going to go spend this time doing that and then when I come away from that I was able to then practice those strategies at home <laughs> your first pregnancy your first birth there's such a privilege there that I, I look back on now that I was able to have so much alone time <laughs> I was able to have those evening baths I was able to um, go and meditate on my own I was able to spend time breathing and have a lot of time to do that so as a first pregnancy as a rural woman i would definitely recommend the calm birth weekend going away and having that time together as a couple in the course i also think that was really empowering for my partner lloyd because he too they have a great focus on how men can activate in the birthing space or partners can activate in the birthing space and i know that um he definitely took a lot of strategies away from that and he was really present and he was really there and he knew what to do he knew what stage of labor it was he knew the signs of that stage of labor he knew um how to help me move through he looked at acupressure he was ready to support when I had a back labour and I had a lot of pain in my lower spine, um, kind of close to my tailbone. He knew that putting pressure in this way was really going to help me. So really by feeling that, that loss of connection, I felt really fortunate to have a wealth of reading and people who'd gifted me books and the online um, Mum's Grapevine was wonderful and the app Ovia and the course for Calm Birth. So having already birthed as a rural woman now, if I think about my actual birth, I, I was induced and I think that I kind of felt this impending 
doom in a sense, like not to sound too negative, but I was like, oh my God, am I going to give birth on the road? Am I going to um, move too quickly and give birth at home? And I had that sense of anxiety and I'd had this blood test early on that um, showed something up, but it turned out to be incorrect. Um, a misdiagnosis but that had also left me a bit on edge about well what if something goes wrong and so I was actually quite desperate for an induction. My induction was not like other inductions necessarily, I moved really quickly through it so they said afterwards having given birth in three and a half hours from when the injection of syntocin went in um, and only having about 30 minutes of pushing time that I should probably camp outside the hospital next time. And that's led me to wanting to know more again about what are our local options? Because what if I end up giving birth quickly and what if I can't make it all the way to the hospital? because I don't really want to push myself again to have unnecessary syntocin, which I know was a result of me being really anxious and desperately wanting none of those crazy things to happen. And I recently listened to a podcast um, with Catherine, who wrote the book The Birth Map, and she's a doula from Braidwood, who I really look forward to connecting with. And she had really fast births as well. And so some advice that I've already taken away um, from that is that I um, can make some choices in advance. And one of the things I definitely will take on is like you can call your local ambulance station, not triple zero, but call the local ambulance station and just say, oh, I'm a woman, I'm, I'm pregnant and I'm giving birth around this date. And I gave birth really quickly last time. So I just wanted to ask what that might look like if I needed to ask for paramedic assistance during a birth. Um, also, there's a lot of preparation that you and your partner can do in regards to having stuff on hand, just in case um, you're going to give birth at home by accident. Um, and also, I know last year, there was a woman who did give birth in Braidwood Hospital. And I know that that is possible so you can still turn up at your local hospital and if you've got time you know go to the maternity unit at the hospital that you've signed up for to give birth at but if it was a situation where i couldn't i know that that is a possibility and so this is all what has spurred me on to go we definitely need to talk about this we definitely need to go okay we're in a rural community and we've got the birthing center in canberra we've got canberra hospital itself there's privatization of maternity care too um there's queen Mian hospital which is absolutely phenomenal wonderful midwife led care system but if those things aren't possible or if you want to make different choices because it's fine to make different choices there's so many options available to you how can we inform ourselves as rural women as to what's available to us and I think that through sharing our stories 
we're going to be able to better understand how the systems, medical systems, hospitals and providers can be helpful to us and what these differences are between an urban woman who's pregnant and a rural woman who's pregnant and their care patterns and the options available with care providers. So I don't know that I've gone all the way through my birth story, but I think this is a bit of an introduction just to why I want to talk about rural women and rural birthing and find women in Braidwood and other rural communities and talk about their births and talk about their preparation towards birth, also supporting their um, pre-pregnancy practices, like with how I had my GP appointments prior to falling pregnant. And then after pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, birth, then the postpartum period when they are desiring connection or maybe they're desiring um, a bit of isolation. They want to pull away, have those early days with their baby, but how they can activate in their communities to seek support. Cause I think there's a lot that we could do there as well. I heard a podcast with um, Naomi who does the fourth trimester podcast, which I really recommend listening to as a postpartum woman. And she was interviewing a Hasidic Jewish woman and that woman shared that there's a website called Take a Meal and in their church community, they organise um, a roster for turning up and giving food and sometimes people will bring that meal that they're going to give the family for the day, but they'll also turn up with some bread and some fruit. And I think that rural communities could actually be a lot like a church community in that we're small, we know one another, and we do have this desire to offer assistance and to be really helpful. So I want to talk about those four stages. And I want to find out what is happening in our community and how people can access that and what's happening in other communities. So maybe there are some special ideas that we can access and activate. So thanks for listening. I'd love your feedback. I really want to record as many rural stories as possible. So if you'd like me to record your story, or if you know someone else who's got a story of their rural birth that you think should be heard, drop me a line and I'll get to um, getting in contact with them and let's get it down so that other people can know what's available. Thank you. This podcast is produced on you and country. We acknowledge the innate birthing Hi. wisdoms and traditions Hi. held by the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, the traditional custodians of this land. We remember the first women of this nation, the custodians of land and birth, who birthed on country in culture and tradition. Here, as we share in stories, stories of birth, preconception, pregnancy and postpartum experiences from remote, rural and outer regional communities. May we remember and stand for the cultural significance of birth, 
women's business and birthing on country. May we nurture and support women through this rite of passage as we hear of possibilities ignited and limitations created. May we share in the power of storytelling and memory as we listen and learn from these birth stories. And may we always remember the ancestral wisdoms belonging to the country these birth stories occur on today.